Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. The story is of an older man who was highly esteemed in his community. Everyone knew him and trusted him because he stood for the highest of moral principles. His son, on the other hand, was mm. a different story. Okay. He was not a reputable character, should we say. In fact, hmm. he had bilked people out of money and finally was caught and brought to trial. Hmm. But throughout the entire trial, he was really rebellious. He was defiant. And even when he was convicted, he was defiant. And then the day came for sentencing when he stood before the judge. But when he stood up for sentencing, right behind him, his father, the esteemed man of the community, (sighs) stood at the same moment for sentencing, acknowledging before the community, I accept responsibility for my son's misbehavior. (sighs) It was then that the son broke down in tears and repentance. I can imagine how that would have impacted him. You know, if if your own father is like, okay, you can sentence me because I'm going to take responsibility. I'm standing with my son for the sentence. But, you know, Jesus did even more than just stand beside us. He stood in our place at trial, didn't he? Yes, and today we're actually studying two or three specific sentences in in this trial of Jesus. And it's hard to even think about Jesus in trial because, you know, he's a sinless uh, being. Yes. And here he's being tried, you know, and and, uh, chapter 18 of John shows how the priests decide that this is time. Yeah. He has to die. Caiaphas, the high priest, really spoke a prophetic word without even realizing it, I think, as mm-hmm. he talked about Jesus. And uh, he says here, now Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was expedient for one man to die on behalf of the people. Okay, uh, Mike is reading from chapter 18 of John. Verse 14. Verse 14, and actually John is referring back to something else he had told us, because it says Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take you where he had advised the Jews that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you uh, remember when in um, the story of Lazarus, we told you that this is the story that starts the plans to kill Jesus in the Gospel of John. And this is what Caiaphas has said back then in verse 49 and 50 of John chapter 11. You want to read it, Mike? It says, But a certain one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you take into account that it is expedient for you that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation should not perish. And John adds a little comment to that on verse 51. He says, Now he did not say this on his own initiative. By being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation. I guess not everyone who prophesies is a good person. <laughs> no, no. You can actually, sometimes God just takes over and still uses mm-hmm. people. And he has done that many times in the Bible. Yes. And in this case, he uses the one that is plotted against Jesus to make a prophecy about the fact that Jesus was going to die for everyone, and John actually makes that point. Mm-hmm. He says he didn't know what he was saying, but, you know, the Holy Spirit yeah. took over. And, and uh, Caiaphas is here announcing the substitutionary death of Jesus mm-hmm. without recognizing what yeah. this was about. One of the problems that the Jews had um, to understand Jesus as the one dying in their place was that back in the law, in a book that I can't pronounce. Deuteronomy. <laughs> so, that sorry, that I... is one of the main reasons I'm on this broadcast, is to pronounce <laughs> 
Deuteronomy for Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I can't say Deuteronomy. So if you well, oh, well you did quite well that time. Yeah, okay. Tell you the truth, if, if you do that again, okay. I'll be off the broadcast. So <laughs> please don't learn how to say this book. Uh, this book, chapter 12, 24, verse sixteen, had a prohibition from God that said that uh, no one could die in place of somebody else, and this was one of of the main obstacles for why at the beginning of the first century the Jews didn't immediately understand that Jesus had died on their behalf. Do you have it, Mike? Yes, it says that fathers should not be put to death for their sons, nor shall sons be put to death for their fathers. Everyone shall be put to death for his own sin. So, no substitutionary death here in the Jewish code of law. Yeah, so Jesus had to use several terms to show that in this case, because he was dying as a representative of the human race, that uh, he was actually dying on behalf of the people. And one of the stories that many times during his um, ministry Jesus referred back to is what is called the Akedah, which is the binding of Isaac in Genesis 22. This is the first time where we actually find this term, on behalf of. And, of course, you remember that uh, Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac as he had been instructed, and then as he started to raise his hand, he was stopped. And verse 13 of, of chapter 22, then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. See, this is the first perhaps substitutionary sentence that we mm -hmm. get. And of course, you know that uh, this was the area uh, where, where God said, okay, in this mountain it shall be provided. Mm -hmm. And then Second uh, Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1 tells us that eventually Solomon built the temple of Jerusalem in the land of Moriah. And uh, well, we, we believe this is all prophetic, that geographically we were actually all in the same place because right. God was teaching us of the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on Mount Zion. So, so it occurred quite early that, uh, that God was announcing that this is going to happen, teaching that lesson early on to Abraham mm -hmm. for us to, to set the scene for Jesus coming and, and dying substitutionary yes. death Yes, and it's different us. than believing that God will stand with you. Yes, it is. In it the is trial. Because he stands in your place. You're not even standing there. That's he right. stands he, for you. For you, in your place. So, um, when the priest and everyone gathered together, they realized, because they, they are charging him of blasphemy and saying that he's the son of God and that he's God and all of that. And uh, they realized that they don't have the power to actually charge this man to death because the Roman Empire was uh, had taken over that area. And what would they care about blasphemy in the Jewish system? Since the Romans were the only one who could condemn someone to death, not the Jews, why would they care about blasphemy? So we get to John chapter 18, uh, verse 28. They realize that they need to take him to Pilate, the Roman governor, and um, they go to the praetorium. And uh, it's very interesting because verse 28 says that they would not uh, go into the Praetorium, which is a, a Gentile building, so that they might not be defiled and they could eat the Passover. We're going to murder the Son of God, but we're sure not going into that Gentile building. You know, that might yeah. defile us. Yes, <laughs> little did they know that this was the Passover lamb, <laughs> Yes, but they want to make sure they can take the Passover mm -hmm. uh, and not go in. And see, it's very interesting because... Um, uh, Pilate says to them, so what accusation are you bringing against this man? And then they answer in verse 30 and 31. They answered and said to him, if this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. Pilate therefore said to them, 
Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. Yeah, this is the main problem that we have in the religious system of the time. They want to put Jesus to death, but they can't. They're not permitted to apply the death penalty. So, a political charge has to be given against Jesus, not a religious one, so that the Roman, the Romans will actually take up uh, this charge and crucify Jesus, which was the way that the Romans did this. So, in chapter 19 is when we start understanding uh, what is going to be the charge, because blasphemy cannot be a political charge. Right, and, and, and the Romans would have no interest in putting anyone to death because of blasphemy in the Jewish system. Mm-hmm. So, they, they needed a political charge. Yes. Yeah, so, in verse 5, uh, Pilate comes out, says, Behold the man. I love this this um, mm-hmm. this phrase because it's behold Jesus. And right. we're still trying to behold Jesus yes, now, but are. he says it for a different reason. And look at, at the request from the chief priest on verse 6. When therefore the chief priest and officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify, crucify. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves, crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. And, of course, they came up with a political guilt, and it was treason. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, the sign on Jesus' cross says that the same chapter, verse 19, was that Jesus is the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. And so, he was crucified for treason. But we want to talk to you a little bit about this crucifixion thing. One of the other problems that we have in, mm-hmm. in the book that I can't pronounce. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. See, I'm doing better. You are. Um, it was the fact that whoever hung on a tree meant that he was cursed of God. And this was in Deuteronomy. There you go. Chapter 21, verses 22 and 23. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Verse 22, and if a man has committed a sin worthy of death and he is put to death and you hang him on a tree, his corpse shall not hang all night on the tree, but you shall surely bury him on the same day. For he who is hanged is accursed of God. Yes, this was the problem. See, uh, Paul later on in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, will say that, yes, in fact, Jesus took our curse. Yes, he became the curse for us, there's no doubt. So, that part of this whole plan of God was that Jesus would take our curse upon him. So, when you are talking about crucifixion, truly... Jesus takes our death penalty, the worst humiliating type of death penalty, and he dies on our behalf. Um, It is difficult for us to understand the humiliation that was involved with this whole process mm -hmm. and with that particular type of death. It wasn't just the public humiliation, but also the this accursedness that mm-hmm. the Jews felt for anyone who died mm-hmm. that, that type of death. Yeah, and when Jesus dies on our behalf, he's not just uh, standing up in the judgment. He's not just comforting us in this process. Um, when we believe in Jesus Christ, this is not simply an issue of, okay, when the judgment comes, mm-hmm. he's going to be with him and he's going to help me through it. No, he stands in your place. He is the one who has taken your penalty and has stood in your place for judgment. Yeah, don't forget that it was expensive. Expedient (laughs) that Jesus would die on behalf of the nation, meaning on behalf of the whole world, meaning in your behalf. The cross is important. It's important because Jesus has taken your penalty. He has stood in your place in the judgment. You are not judged. Christ has been judged for you if you receive him as your Lord and your Savior. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Jesus101Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101Media. Until next time, live free.